Well, today as we come to Mother's Day, let's take a few moments and reflect on the impact of a godly mother. Out of all the billions and billions of humans who have ever lived on planet Earth, which one has made the greatest impact? It'd be a very small list of finalists for sure, but Jesus, the God-man, our Savior, would top that list. Then, in the next tier of world-impacting people, would come another small list of people, but, but for sure would include the Apostle Paul on that list. The great Apostle Paul wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament books. But it isn't just what he wrote, but the effect of his life that makes him such a world changer. See, Paul was first and foremost a missionary. He took the gospel of Jesus Christ and planted the first churches in what we would call today Syria and Turkey and Greece. Ten of his New Testament letters were written to churches that he planted or that he, that he wrote to help. Uh, his other three letters were written to pastors or to church leaders. It was God's directing of Paul, calling him to start and encourage churches and to train and support pastors that multiplied his ministry to such a great extent. For what he started grew, and it grew, and it grew more churches starting other churches and more pastors trained and more missionaries sent, so much so that we could trace the very existence of our church back to Paul's missionary journeys. If you did a DNA test of Poland Village Baptist Church, you would find out that we're related to the very churches that Paul started. But this great, world-changing man didn't do it by himself. He had a group of men with him. He had others supporting him in prayer and funding his ministries. He had Barnabas, the first to stand by Paul, to support Paul, to connect him to his first ministry at Antioch to go with him on his first missionary journey. And he had Silas, who was beaten with him and thrown into prison with him. And remember, they sang together at midnight and were miraculously freed by an earthquake. He had many others like Luke and Titus and Mark and Epaphroditus. Just look at the end of his letters and you'll often see lists of people that he served with. But there's one that stands out. There's one that seems closest to him. One that he ministered with and to. One that he mentored and was nearest to his heart. One that was his right-hand man. Timothy. Paul calls Timothy his true son in the faith, his beloved son. He says of Timothy to the Philippians that Timothy had proven his worth As a son with a father, he has served with Paul in the gospel. Paul calls him his fellow worker, a co-laborer, a brother. Paul says there's no one like him, seeking not his own interests, but putting Christ first. Paul regularly sent Timothy on specific missions to different churches. Timothy was well known to the early churches as a man of God, a devoted helper to Paul. So connected was Timothy to Paul and his ministries that Timothy is listed with Paul in the beginning of six of his letters as a co-sender with Paul. Paul wrote two letters to Timothy, instructing him in his ministry, encouraging him in his spiritual growth and faith. 
of Paul's 13 letters, Timothy is mentioned or addressed in 10 of them. Timothy was an important, an integral, an indispensable part of Paul's ministry. Timothy was one of the founding forefathers of the New Testament time, a great man of faith, of dedication, of sacrifice. Now, for many people in the Bible, we don't know anything about their life outside of their ministry and their duties and their ministry responsibilities. But we actually know some important things about Timothy's life. See, we first meet Timothy on Paul's second missionary journey as recorded for us in Acts 16, 1 and 2. The scripture says, Paul also came to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Timothy was there from the town of Lystra. Most commentators believe that Timothy here is in his late teens or maybe his early 20s. We are told about his parents. His mother is a Jewish believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. But his father was a Greek, a a Gentile, and not a follower of Christ. Timothy is called a disciple, a committed follower of Christ. He had earned a great reputation as as a faithful follower of Christ, not just in his hometown, but also in the city of Iconium, which is about 20 miles away. This young man, Timothy, was a sold-out, 100% in follower of Christ. But Acts 16 is not the first time that we know that Paul went to Lystra. Paul and Barnabas had evangelized Lystra on their first missionary journey about three to five years earlier. Acts 14 records for us what happened then. They arrived in Lystra, having just fled from Iconium, where a mob of both Jews and Gentiles and their rulers were coming to stone them. In Lystra, on their first visit, a man crippled from birth is healed, and the whole town starts to worship Paul and Barnabas. And Paul and Barnabas implore them to stop and instead share the gospel with them. God alone is to be worshipped. But the Jewish agitators from Antioch and from Iconia come, and they stir up the crowds against them. And these very same people who were trying to worship Paul and Barnabas turn on them, dragging Paul out of town and trying to stone him to death. Acts 14, 19 through 23 says, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. On the next day, he went with Barnabas to Derbe. When he had preached the gospel to that city and had many disciples, he returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when he had appointed elders of them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord to whom they had believed. Guess who was watching all this? Guess who was there seeing the healing, seeing the persecution, seeing the grace, seeing the endurance 
It was Timothy. Timothy would have been a young teenager at Paul's first missionary visit to Lystra. But it wasn't just Timothy that saw all this that was going on. It was Timothy's mom as well. She was there too. See, who was there to help Timothy understand what was happening? Who was there to give him the wisdom he needed, the support he needed, to help him see the spiritual truths? Who was there to guide his heart and to help enlighten his mind? His mom, Timothy's mom. Timothy, who had become this great uh, apostle, Paul's right-hand man. Timothy, who had become Paul's main ministry support and co-worker. Timothy, who was one of the great men of faith in the early church. Who was there to nurture his faith? His mom. It had only been about 20 years since the death and resurrection of Jesus. Christianity has only just begun. Most of the believers didn't have godly parents. Most of the believers were not raised in Christian homes. But one of the great men of faith in the first century, a founding father of Christianity, Timothy, had a godly mother. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, we learn more about her and her mother, Timothy's grandmother. We're even given their names. Paul says in 2 Timothy Um, 1, 3 to 5, talking to Timothy, he says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. Eunice, his mother. Lois, his grandmother. Women of faith. Women of sincere faith. True faith in Jesus Christ. That was first in them. And then in their son and grandson. Oh, the powerful influence of a mom and a grandmother who are true followers of Christ. There would be no great church leader, Timothy, if it were not for the faithfulness of his mom and grandmother. Well, there's another passage in Timothy that highlights the impact of Timothy's mom on his life. It's 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 17. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. Paul is telling Timothy, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that have happened to me at Antioch and at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them, the Lord rescued me. Remember, Timothy was there. He had seen it all. Indeed, Paul continues, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood 
you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and propped for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Those great and important verses there of 2 Timothy 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, those flow out of Paul's pen as he's recounting how Timothy had learned the scriptures from childhood, from his mother. Notice clearly what Paul is saying. He's not just urging Timothy to continue to pursue the wisdom of scripture. He's not just exhorting Timothy that is the God-breathed inerrant scriptures that bring about a person's maturity in their faith. But he's also reminding him of his mom, knowing from whom you learned it. Remember, Timothy, your mom. Remember your grandmother. For from his childhood, Timothy had, had not only been taught God's word, but he had seen it alive, transforming the life of his mom and his grandmother. He had seen his mom grow wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He had seen it do its refining work in his mother, making her mature and equipping her for every good work. But as for you, O Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Oh, the powerful influence of a mom and a grandmother who are true followers of Jesus Christ. Well, let's take a moment now this morning on this Mother's Day and look more closely at what we could learn from Eunice, Timothy's mom. First, back in Acts chapter 16, where we were first introduced to Eunice, we can learn that a model mother remains faithful to the hardships of life. In so many ways, this is one of the greatest influences a mom can have on their children, the enduring love and sacrifice of my mom. And the enduring love and sacrifice of my wife is one of the most beautiful characteristics. Eunice endured through hard times. Her husband was not a Christian. How they had come to be married, we do not know. But having come to faith in Christ, Eunice obeyed God and made the best of a difficult situation. Raising a child in a faith when your spouse is not a believer is hard. One commentator said, according to rabbinic law, a child born of a Jewish mother and a Greek father was considered to be Jewish. Timothy, though his father was Gentile, was still considered to be a Jew by other Jews because his mother was Jewish. Acts 16.3 tells us that Timothy joined Paul's missionary team. When he did so, he was circumcised. Paul recognized his Jewish heritage and wanting him to have the most effective ministry possible amongst the Jews, he circumcised him. Timothy had quite a helpful situation, actually, for being a missionary in that day. He was both recognized as a Jew and as a Gentile. But Timothy, not being circumcised when he was newborn, shows the influence that Timothy's Gentile father had in the family. Eunice raised Timothy in a divided family. But her divided family did not discourage her from teaching her children about Jesus. 
I can't imagine how hard that is. If you're in a marriage right now that is divided over faith, endure. Take comfort. Don't grow disheartened. Don't quit. You are not alone. Jesus will never leave you. Persevere in the power of Christ. Grow in your own faith. And take whatever opportunities you have to show and to share your faith with your children. The grammar of Acts 16 implies that at the time that Timothy joins Paul's missionary team, his father has died. When and how that happened, we do not know. But somewhere along life's journey, Eunice became a single mom. Another hardship that she had to endure. Oh, I have great respect for single moms. You are truly amazing. Is there any task in life harder than raising a family on your own? Eunice is a great illustration that, that it can be done. And it can be done in such a godly way that you can be the prime example to your children of what it means to be a true follower of Christ. You can do it, single mom. You can do it, single dad. And your church is here to help you and to support you and to encourage you. Eunice endured the hardship of a divided home. Eunice endured the challenge of being a single mom. And we know from the incidents in Lystra that Eunice also endured prejudice and persecution for her faith. No wonder Paul commends her for her sincere faith. Her faith was tried and tested. It had been battered and berated, but it endured strong, genuine, beautiful. She loved her God, and she loved her son, and nothing was going to change that. Moms, women, oh, the impact that you can have, that you are having, because of the endurance of your sincere, genuine faith. Hang in there. Hang in there. Well, next we can learn from Eunice is that a model mother influences her children towards Christ. Remember 2 Timothy 1.5? I remind you of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your mother Lois and your mother Eunice. One of the things that God used to bring Timothy to Christ was his mother and his grandmother. Now, when you read commentaries, they'll often talk about Timothy coming to the faith through Paul. And although the Apostle Paul was a part of the process, Paul himself is saying that Eunice and Lois were an indispensable part of that process as well. Often the strongest influence in a person's life is their home. Home is not just where your heart is. Home is where your heart is shaped. Home is where your heart is nurtured and trained. Children absorb the values of their home. Like a sponge in water, children soak in what's around them. The old saying is true. Parenting is more caught than taught. A child learns what he lives with. Eunice's sincere faith was visible to Timothy. Eunice's sincere faith leaked out of her life and was absorbed by her son. Every Christian parent, or uncle, or aunt, or grandparent, each of us have an opportunity to pass on our faith to the children 
in our lives. Live it sincerely in your life and let it leak out. There's this popular notion around that parents shouldn't teach their children religious truth. Instead, they should let the child alone to make their own decisions when they're old enough to do so. Of course, as we just said, that's totally impossible to do. Because your child will learn what he sees lived out. If you live that way, your child will learn from you that spiritual truth is not important. That it's not valuable. It is not only impossible to not teach your children what you believe. It is illogical. Parenting, by its very definition, is guiding your child, is providing for your child, is protecting your child, is teaching your child what is true. Should a parent let a child choose whether they want whatever they want to eat? Maybe they'll choose the dog food. Should a parent let a, a child choose if they want to wear a coat in the winter? Should a parent let a child choose if they want to take a bath or not, if they want to brush their teeth or not? Should a parent let a child choose whether they want to go to school or not, or, or do homework or not? Well, of course not, because parenting is guiding your children. Parenting is leading your children to help them make wise choices. Parenting is teaching your children what is important in life, what is the truth, what corresponds with reality. It's not only critically important, but totally logical to teach your children about the truth. The truth about math. The truth about Jesus Christ. Eunice is a great example of a parent that passed on her faith to her child. Mom, mom, let your faith shine. Parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, let your faith shine so that the children in your life can see Christ. Well, the next thing we learn from Eunice is that a model mother teaches her children the Bible. Remember 2 Timothy three fourteen and 15. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Timothy, from his childhood, was acquainted with, was conversant in, was informed by the scriptures. He knew the sacred writings, which for him would have been the Old Testament. He didn't just know the facts. He interacted with the truth to the point that he knew it. He knew it in his heart. He knew what it meant. He knew the meaning. He knew the why behind the facts. How had he become so familiar with biblical truth? He was taught the scripture from his childhood by his mom, by his grandmother, Biblical instruction in the home was a vital part of a Jewish home. Every child was expected to learn the truth of the scriptures. To the Jews, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and following are some of the most important verses in the whole Old Testament. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. 
and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. That's the essence of Old Testament Judaism. There is one God, the Lord our God. You will love him with all your being. You will know him with all your heart, and you will teach him to your children. Love God. Know God. Teach God. It all boils down. You know, what are the essentials for being a good follower of Christ? Love Christ with your whole self, giving your life to him as he gave his life to you. Know Christ from the very center of your being, from your motivation. Make it your goal to know him and to obey him. Teach Christ. Pass on what you know to the people in your life, to your family, to your children. That's what Eunice did. She loved Christ. She knew Christ. She taught her son about Jesus through the scriptures. As I was looking at commentaries on 2 Timothy 3.15, Warren Roosby wrote, This would be a good place to admonish Christian parents to teach their children the Bible. I agree. This is a good place to admonish us, to challenge us, to implore Christian parents to teach their children the Bible. Do it at home. When you're at the dinner table, talk about the Bible. Talk about the truth. Interact in your lives over the scriptures. And fathers, lead your family in prayer. Do it at home when you read to your children from a children's Bible. Do it at home when you reward them for memorizing scripture. Do it at home when you pray with them and for them when you tuck them in to bed at night. Do it at home when you take your own time to read and to to pray so that your children see that it's real to you. Do it at home when you teach them responsibility about serving each other by doing their household chores. Do it at home in the fun. Do it at home in the laughter. Do it at home when you're enjoying God, enjoying his creation, enjoying the life that he has given to you. Do it at home. Teach them the scriptures when you discipline them, teaching them right from wrong, showing them grace and forgiveness and pointing them to Jesus Christ. Do it at home by prioritizing church, prioritizing learning about Jesus. The greatest support you have to help you raise your family in the nurture and admonition of the Lord is your church. Sunday school and youth group and word of life. These aren't just options that the church is offering you to help you raise your children in the faith. They should be an integral part of every family. How are our children going to become sincere followers of Christ if they're not taught the word of God? How are our children ever going to become mature followers of Christ if they don't know the Bible? Mom, dad, grandparent, be proactive. Be intentional. Be purposeful. Teach your children the Bible. Bring them to church. Bring them to children and youth ministries so that they can learn the Bible. There are literally 
few things in life more important. Yet we don't often prioritize what is actually so important. Deuteronomy 31.12 says, Assemble the people, men, women, and the little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and to be careful to do all the words of this law. Eunice and Lois taught Timothy the scriptures. Eunice and Lois lived out in their lives their sincere faith in Christ. Mothers, your calling is so important. Your calling is so critical. It is part of God's plan. He wants his love to shine through you. He wants his grace to flow through you. He wants his truth to be taught by you. All moms, stepmoms and aunts and grandmothers and adopted moms and and moms that are mentors, each of your calling is vital. You're an essential part of God's plan for your family for God's plan for the community, for God's plan for his church, for God's plan for the world. Today, we celebrate all the amazing women of our lives. Today, we thank God for you, especially now, during this shutdown time, during this type of pandemic, right? How have the women in our lives stood up And have done such an amazing job. Thank you. God, today we pray that you will encourage them, strengthen them, and comfort them. The women, the amazing women in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we do come to you now. So thankful for your scriptures. So thankful for what it teaches us. So thankful that it highlights this truth about Eunice and Lois. These amazing women of sincere, genuine faith. That passed it on to Timothy. Timothy, the right-hand man of the Apostle Paul. Oh Lord, the impact of godly parents. Lord, we thank you for that. And we pray that we, who are parents, would, would take it seriously, would, would raise it up the level of priority in our heart, in our mind, the importance of teaching our children the scriptures. We would raise up the importance in our minds and our hearts, the importance of church and connecting and using the opportunities at ter- church to teach our children so they could know the scriptures, so that they could know and love you and be a follower of you, maturing in their faith through their whole lives. Lord, we pray for our children. In these times of the pandemic, it's a weird time for so many of them and schoolings and and the challenges that they're facing. Lord, we pray for their spirits. We pray for your work in their lives. Holy Spirit, encourage them and challenge them and comfort them and bring them to you. Lord, we pray for our families, for our moms, our dads, our grandparents, for the aunts and uncles, for those people that are in lives, you know, teachers and and neighbors and, and, you know, relatives that are there. 
to encourage and strengthen the families. We thank you so much for that. Lord, we remember you. And may we love you with all our heart. May we know you with all our heart. May we teach you with all our hearts. Thank you for the women you've given to us in our lives. They're making all the difference. In Jesus' name, amen.